Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me. We are filled with an abundance of joy. We are filled with an abundance of joy. Also an abundance of questions. Good thing Geico has 24-7 claim service to help answer questions and resolve claims quickly. Uh, good thing Geico has 24-7 claim service. We are also filled with an abundance of biscuits. We are also filled with, uh... I don't think it works this way. Oh, oh, and jam. Don't forget jam. To manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of View from the Cheap Seats, the show where we break down sports and we do it with our friends, people who are generally either athletes or sports pundits or friends, comedians who know about sports or hopefully funny people who fit into many of those categories. And we've got one today. We're up in Canada. We're filming up a, in Canada. We're <laughs> filming a show. They don't like our Canadian accents up here. <laughs> they don't like when we do it, eh? So we <laughs> we called on our our buddy Jay Onright, who is uh, one of the hosts of their late night sports center. He's in the Scott Van Pelt uh, position. We're for, in the Van Pelt slot. They're in the Van Pelt slot. They do so well, Jay and Dan. I mean, you them. think sports, and you when in Canada you think sports personalities. He's the first guy you think of up here, and we're fortunate enough to know him so he's going to join us for the show including uh to talk about our top take before we get to a deeper interview with him and that is this randy and i feel like the overtime model in the nfl is broken oh it is so broken like i'll even go so far as to say that i think the college model even when it broke down with penn state against illinois was still more exciting and better than the pro model because you know you're gonna have a winner there's no question about it. And the, mo- the amazing thing last week, that Detroit tie in yep. the NFL. Awful. Like, but again, players don't players in the NFL still, going back to Donovan, remember Donovan McNabb famously yeah. did not know you could end in a tie in the NFL yeah. while yeah. he was playing in the NFL yeah, as a right. starting quarterback. Players they still don't know. don't know that. Najee Harris had no that's clue. That's Exactly. Najee Harris had no clue. Put his no helmet clue. on. He's like, I'm going back out. Exactly. They're like, no, you're not. I didn't know it could end this way. The nope. players don't even know how the game might end. So what it says is, is that the NFL doesn't value regular season games. And by the way, this tie is... It's not what? the English Premier League. Right. It's <laughs> the NFL. These games matter. Yes. You only have 17. Like, these are important. Now, you know, the, the they've ruined the Lions perfectly losing season oh, okay they were gonna lose all gonna 17 a, do you even have a parade now <laughs> now oh. another team feels shitty the Steelers feel shitty because they tied By the, the Lions. Lions right I mean that's worse than nobody losing feels to them good. in a way almost. yeah nobody think. feels good yeah no it's it's nobody wins uh cl- literally nobody wins and uh, it's you're so right about that it's it just feels so gross like why did we even play that that Lions game that Steelers game was just both teams are just – they had no idea what was going on. And then the play in the overtime is just disgusting. It's just bad. So I just think nobody knows what's going on. So nobody knows so how it works. But how do you fix it? That's so, the question. So I say go to the college model. Each team starts on the 25-yard line. Right. You are almost in the red zone, right? You you go for either a touchdown or a field goal or you get denied points. And it goes back and forth. And I think by the third one, they say you have to start going for two. Right. And in this case, like with Penn State and Illinois, it then became after like five, you go just, into just two-point two point conversions. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's who can make the two-point conversion. Who can get a stop? Who can get a stop? And two-point conversions are one of the hardest things to do. It's exciting. And and the game will be decided. You will have a winner. An actual result. An actual result will happen. Teams have to get up for one play. And by the way, if you don't want to engage in that sort of thing, because what what the two-point conversions kind of resembles is a shootout in hockey. Right. You get to that point and it's like a shootout. Hard to score in a shootout. It really is. It is. Like there are moments when guys come down the shootout and then like the goalie stops and I'm like, what were you even doing? And then there are other moments where they lazily take it up the side (laughs) and then come over and then score. And you're like, what was the goalie doing? So like they're just hard to figure out and I think two point conversions are like breakaway. If you dial up a great play and the defense is planning on something else, it can look like the easiest thing in the world to score two points. If you dial if the defense dials up the defensive play to stop your offensive play, there's almost no way you can get in. Exactly. That's exciting. It is exciting. It, you're great. Yeah, I may even make the argument, just go, just start with two-point two point conversions. conversions. <laughs> just start with them. Well, whatever it is. It. Well, it, whatever they is. Whatever it, it is, you're going to – so then what that's going to be – if you're like, I don't want to get into a two-point conversion off with right. the team, then guess what? You're going to strategize as a coach to win the game. Here's an – Here's another idea. So what hockey did was they went to the overtime, but they went to three-on-three overtime. That's right. That's the coolest thing That's ever. the coolest thing. We, I watched the other night so in the Blues game. It was so much fun to watch right? because everything is a rush it's on the goal. all offense. Yeah. So it's like we're offense. And then, oh, my God, we got to get back. It's a two-on-one that way. So it's so fun and it's so exciting. And usually the games now end that way. Like That's right. they don't go to shootouts as much right. anymore. They they kind of want. So hockey so said, maybe, "Look, we want well, to even so speak how, with him. How is I hockey more nimble than the NFL? I don't know. But but here's my question: Could you shorten the actual overtime and say, "Okay, you guys each got one possession mm-hmm. to score a touchdown, mm-hmm. and if you don't, two point conversions." Boys. That dude, I'm, I'm down with that. Right? Yes. Shorter overtime, just shorten the game a little bit, yeah. and then get into those two point conversions. Yeah. Back which to me is great. Which means if you don't want to get in the conversions, you're gonna convert. if you're at fourth, if you're at fourth and six, you're yeah. gonna try and make that go for it. So yeah. like uh, Michigan was playing Penn State, and Penn State was down, and you know they they had to convert, and they converted on three fourth down conversions in like in one drive, and you're like because it's like it's like the house. In blackjack, they have to hit at a certain amount, and so therefore they take these chances, and then they usually win. Right. Whereas if you're playing it safe, you're not going to win, so it forces you to play it that way. I love this. I we love figured it, it out. We figured it, it out, guys. Hey, good out. Give right, us a shot. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get deep into sports and the life of a Canadian sports fan with Jay Onright here on View from the Cheap Seats. Don't go anywhere. Guys, with the bustling holiday season well underway, ready-to-eat meal delivery can lend a helping hand, and our good buddies at Factor, they got it. They shop, they prep, they cook, they deliver to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays. How good does that sound? Minus the hassle, that sounds even better. Plus, you know, you got 34 meals per week. Gourmet Plus, Keto, which I've been doing and I love, Calorie Smart Vegan Plus Veggie, and 36 Plus Weekly Add-ons. You'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. My mouth is watering. I can't even do this ad. Our holidays, look, they're jam-packed. I know yours are too. Everyone's looking down the barrel of like so much busy time. If you got two minutes, you get the factor meals. They're super easy to prepare. And all of a sudden you're having like a restaurant quality meal in your own home. It's cheaper than going out. As we mentioned, 34 meals per week, 36 plus add-on options. It's amazing. It's cheaper than dining out. 
take that money that you save from, from not going out and spending money at a restaurant and spend it on the holidays, on gifts and stuff. Special occasion meal, Gourmet Plus, perfect solution. If you're looking for that, upscale. Their options are done easy. It's amazing. Look, here's what you do. Head to go.factor75.com slash Sklar60. Use the code Sklar60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code Sklar60 at go.factor75.com slash Sklar60 to get 60% off your first box. I'm telling you, this factor thing is amazing. You'll be amazed at how much time and money you save, and we all need that as we roll into the holidays. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show. Uh, So excited to be sitting on the third floor of the Toronto Soho House with a Canadian treasure. That's what we introduced. He's the Gordon Lightfoot. He's a living Gordon Lightfoot. He's a Gordon Heavyfoot. But Gordon's alive. (laughs) But is he inside? He's a dead man on the inside. Some woman has to come spray his throat when he's on stage. you you saw him now, you might think that. (laughs) <laughs> Jay Onright. Man down, you better take care. Uh, by the way, Jay did that at karaoke one time. Oh, yeah? It was, and how it did was it go fun. over? Early part of the song was the disaster, but yeah. then when we got to sundown, you better take care, I was like, oh, I'm in the pocket on yeah. this one. Ride that right into the sunset. Yeah. Just as Gordy Lightfoot is doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Because Gordy, and I don't know if we've talked about this, it's quite fascinating. First of all, he's playing Massey Hall, the legendary concert venue. Where is Massey Hall? It's We can walk to it. It's is like it 15 that, minutes it, Does it look like a climatron? It looks like a hat? It's more like, it's like, um, I'm trying to think, it's like the Wiltern in LA, but night, but more historic, yeah. like yeah. more I mean, historic details. I have Neil Young live at Massey Hall from like 1971, right. and it's just an unbelievable Incredible. Incredible, right? He's doing Harvest and all yes, that. Incredible. So Gordy plays it every year. Uh-huh. It's still to this age. And he's booked. Like, he's playing. And yeah. he's and it know, sells 90? out oh, every time, right? And, yeah. he, and he's like 90 or whatever. But the most fascinating thing about Gordy Lightfoot yeah. is, like, Drake has this gigantic house yeah. in Toronto that Kanye West was at the other night after uh-huh. the Chappelle show. Uh-huh. Gordy lives next door. Like, whatever Stop. Gordy's done with his money... <laughs> He's living he's, next door. He made he's good decisions. Next door to Drake. He's got Drake money. He's got Drake money. So. Or, or to be more appropriate about this, Drake has Gordy Lightfoot money. It's an aspirational thing, <laughs> and it's something he probably was trying to look for when he was on Degrassi and all those shows. I bet Gordy Lightfoot money. bought that house in 1971 probably. for about. Two hundred thousand dollars, right? Know, and now Drake's guy got the one next door, and <laughs> exactly. it's like eighteen million. Yep. Um, all right, let's we we got to start where we always start in Canada. We're up in Canada. Uh, let's talk hockey. Let's talk yeah. about hockey highlights. Lead off every Sports Center, <laughs> every TS starting in July. July. I know. <laughs> I mean, starting in July. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about it. Are we excited about this season? I mean, last I always get like a little bit sad when like Tampa Bay wins the Stanley Cup. I feel like it's it's like you know how when a guy's leading off a of first base and he dives back in and every time he has to dive back in it takes a little bit out of him and so he doesn't have the the energy to muster to steal that base it's almost like a tactic of the pitcher every time a southern u.s team wins it takes a <laughs> little bit out blues, of canada right for the blues that's right that's right but the blues are a true you know mid more midwest like i know you're saying a sunbelt team a Thank team you. that gary bettman uh shoehorned, shoehorned in into the nhl uh, and still continue to struggle attendance-wise and all yeah. those things. You know what's funny? Like, if you were picking to, the two maybe most likely teams to win the Cup this year, it might be Tampa and it might be Florida. 
Yeah. Those really? are two really good teams. The right Panthers? Now. I might... know. That team that nobody cares about in that city. Right. They are a phenomenal hockey team. Well, they had a nice run several years ago. Way back they? in the Ben Beesbrook days. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, the rats on the ice. Yeah. yeah. Rats on the ice. Who's, who's their leader this year? Who's the guy who we should look out for? Okay, on? so this is a cool story. Now, he was injured the other night. Hopefully, it's not serious, but his name's Sasha Barkov. And mm-hmm. so you're like, oh, good, good Russian kid. No, yeah. he's Finnish. He's Finnish. I don't get it. I don't know. It's like Zlatan Ibrahimovic is Swedish. That's right. Right. I don't. Just, I know. Is he that... got there, and, yeah. and that's where mom and dad are from. Uh-huh. And so he's a Finnish kid. He's only 26, but he's our, he's their captain already, and he's wow. just like a big monster two-way yeah. player, like a big, um, like an Andre Kopitar kind of, okay. but even with more offensive upside. Yeah. So he's just a beauty, and every single year the players in the league vote him the most underrated player in the league because he plays in Miami. Right. And no one, no one is, gives a no shit. No one has any idea. What's so when the players are saying it, you gotta, you it's, gotta kind of watch out. It's for the it. most impressive thing because they're the way yeah. peers are, yeah. are saying it right there. Um, like if he played in St. Louis, yeah, he'd be a star. Really, everyone would know about. Him. Down in Miami. No. That is true. I would right. say because part of the reason why St. Louis is so big on the Blues is because they've had them forever. But also, they got two sports teams in St. Right. Louis. You know, now we used to have three, but now yeah. St. Louis has two. So when the Cardinals are out of season, then it's all one hundred percent Blues, and they're and enormous then to win stars. In twenty nineteen, yeah. you now pick up everybody who's like because there still are a lot of guys from that team oh, yeah. on the two thousand nine uh, on this team now. Now, and the other thing with the Blues. I, I talk about the Blues all the time. They changed my perception of the NHL going forward because we've talked about this. The year they won the Cup, in January, they were in the last place in the league. January 6th? They were in the last place. What in else league. important happened on January 6th? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. That's, That's the most important thing that ever happened on a January The most disruptive thing that ever happened on a January 6th is that the Blues climbed out of the cellar. That's right. And made their way to become champions <laughs> for the first Gloria. time in franchise history. But the, the the thing, as you guys know, that propelled the Blues to the cup, you know, the team kind of came together. But really, it was their fourth string goaltender, Jordan Binnington, who would have never gotten a shot at the NHL ever. Was they like, were down to the fourth guy. They're like, all right, in. you're up. You and go. he turns into this incredible, he's going to be the starter for Canada at the Olympics next year. So that is ask, crazy. So, so let me ask you this. Is it? Is it such a thing in hockey that, like, everybody's good? If given the chance, you could be that guy to be a difference maker, and it's just being given the chance. I think it's that, and probably in a less exciting way, it's the salary cap. Like the NFL, where every year you kind of can be encouraged because your team could just reload, like right, the Patriots right. did, right? Spend yeah. all that money in the offseason. Now they, right. look they look great. They look great. Um it's exactly like that in the NHL now in the sense that everyone's got that hard cap. Right. So so they're losing a lot of guys that they love to keep, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Toronto lost Zach Hyman to Edmonton, and that, yeah. that was a killer for them. Yeah. So it's just really that you can reload. But like with the Blues, it's really more like you're just catching lightning in a bottle. Like that's, how does that even happen? Really? So that's right? what I love about hockey yeah. is that – more than any other sport. <clears throat> you think about those Kings runs, like when the Kings were in eighth, the right. eighth position right. to exactly. enter the playoffs. You just have to get in. That's what everyone always says. You just have to get in and then go from there. Like um, like Tampa, obviously they look amazing. Right? They're, they're, they're amazing. They're the favorites. To... When you have the best goalie in the world in Vasilevsky, probably the best defenseman in the world in Hedman, and maybe 
Kucherov maybe the best player in the world? I don't know. You yeah. know he's certainly up there. He won the heart a couple years ago. It's not yeah. as good as McDavid and title, but he's great. Um, then you're going to be kind of fine because you can build around that. But for the most part, it does seem like kind of a crapshoot now, which is kind of fun. Which, I think, by the way, way it's better for... So the Capitals win a few years ago, right. then the Blues win. And like those are teams that just... Didn't well, they, win. Remember, they struggle forever. Forever, yeah. Oh, I mean, we had, the oh. Capitals struggle forever, and the fact that they bring a championship to a fan base that just loves that team, to me, is is a great... That's a that's wonderful good. thing that hockey can do that. It's happening more in hockey than other sports. 100%. I mean, let's look at the last five years of baseball. The same freaking teams right. are in it every year. It's the Dodgers and the Astros and maybe the Red Sox and maybe the and the Yankees will always be there. And, right. and the Dodgers will always be there. And, you know, San Francisco would come in and you're like, oh, my God, it's great to see San Francisco. Oh, yeah, a decade ago they won three. Right, exactly. And and what is the, what is the common thread there? Baseball has no salary cap. So That's the it. Yankees and Dodgers, like the Dodgers, it's insane, right? They just They'll spend just keep and throwing money at it. Throw yeah. money. Salary cap, you really believe, is the most thing that equalizes the sport. I think so. I mean, it, it just has to, right? And and I think it's different baseball because baseball is such a regional sport, as you yeah. guys know, yes. right? And and hockey is to a certain extent. Certainly in the United it, States, it very much very is. Very much is. But uh, even for Canadians... For fans of small market teams, like I'm from Edmonton, yeah. Edmonton has no shot of keeping those those players, right? Yeah. If there's not a salary cap, but True. as soon as there is, uh, then maybe they can fit them in and, and they can make it work. So I think overall it benefits everybody, and it's not like the players are suffering. I mean, No, I they're mean, making money, and if you live in Edmonton, right. you know, a little <laughs> bit of money. Goes a you got way. Gordon Lightfoot cash. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You got the Lightfoot like scratch. You're renting John Candy's old house that he uh, rented when he did SCTV there. Did he, he do? Lived. He lived in Edmonton, he did yeah. SCTV. so the third and fourth seasons of SCTV, they, so they were shooting it here in Toronto. Auto. Yeah. And then they kind of they didn't have a distributor, they didn't have a producer, and there was a guy in Edmonton who owned a studio named Dr. Charles Allard. He was a doctor who was interested in TV. He had a giant, beautiful studio. He said, yeah. "Come out here, wow! Use the studio, stay at the at the Westin, and uh, and it and had already been did. a success. And it had already been a success. But those years in Edmonton are the when you see the classic clips because that was the whole cast. Like it was Candy Levy. Martin Short, Catherine O'Hara, Rick, Rick Moranis, Moranis, Dave Thomas, yeah. Joe Flaherty. Yeah. It was the the murderer's row right? yeah. on TV, and they were all there at the same time. So, it, yeah. So, so you're right. Yeah, it, was like there, it, was it was like camp. It was like camp, camp for exactly. them. They it all, like and it's when, probably like going off to do a movie somewhere. Right, right. Or like you guys coming up here and shooting a show. I know. Right? It's kind of fun. It is great. Yeah, yeah, you get because now people just do that all the time. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to be gone. I'm, or. You know, people are like, I'm going to Atlanta. Right. Like John Hamm's like, I'm going to Atlanta for three months to go shoot a movie. This is, we're going to Edmonton to go shoot SCTV. Go shoot SCTV. But for you guys, when you come here for something, is this fun for you? Totally. Like, oh, even my though God. You have, I know you have families and That's stuff. That's the hardest stuff. part. That is the hardest part is, and you just have to make peace with, things are going to be hard at home because there aren't two hands helping everybody out. Right. But you come up here and like, look, we get to see you and, you know, we get to walk. This is what I love is like walking a city yeah. and finding all the great places and finding the cool places to eat and, you know, talking to people. We've met so many people just talking to them as we're kind of going through this city is great. And then you show up on a set that you absolutely yeah. love and that's just get to do work. It's like one of, you know, I, I'm sure you do it every time. You, I know to do a daily show is a lot. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of work and it's a lot, but sometimes you forget the, the crazy excitement 
excitement of being in this position, but oh, totally. I'm sure you show up there when the light's about to go on and the guy counts you down is like, we're going live. They're like, live. Shit, I'm, I'm all across Canada. I'm all right? over. People it's are tuning fun. in to watch me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I try not to lose sight of that because you're right. If you're in a routine of any kind, stand up anything and you're on the road and it probably gets monotonous after a while, but yeah, you have to almost kind of kind of snap yourself into submission at some point and say, oh, we're lucky to do something that a lot of people would love to do. Would be kill, would be killing <laughs> to do. You guys came down, you and Dan came down to the United States and did FS1. You yeah. guys were amazing. So great. Now, when you come back up to Canada, is there, was it like, we're happy to have these guys back and it's probably a joy for you to come back. Joy for you place. to come back. And were they like, the, were the reins off a little bit? Or, not that they were on before, but was it sort That's of true. like, yeah, guys, just do what you do. We're happy to have you back. I think the first uh, year, it was very like, pro, we used to get no promotion. Like for as, yeah. as popular as we were. Yeah, you guys are like, so popular. It's fine. Yeah, just, they're good. <laughs> Then we come back that whole summer. I, I said to Dan, I was like, this is too much. Like there were billboards everywhere. <laughs> there awesome. was every single commercial yeah. break. And the other thing with Canada, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. We we basically shoot five commercials every season and they run over and over. Yeah. Like yeah. Stephanie, same commercials. <laughs> and to make matters worse, they seem to find Canadian casting directors find a type. Uh -huh. So you'll see the same guy in like a Canadian tire ad, but then he'll also appear in a Tim Hortons yeah, ad. Yeah, yeah. And then oh, he's in an A&W burger <laughs> yes. ad too. And it's like, oh, that's who the casting directors like. They yeah, like they that like look. That guy. He's, yeah. he's in every man. Every one. But it's like he's in three of the seven commercials in that commercial break. It oh gets a little monotonous. And so that's what they do with promos too. They shop. So we tried to actually combat that. I don't know if you remember when Will Ferrell did uh, the second Anchorman. He did like Chrysler commercials and they shot like 60 of them. Oh, yeah. So they ad-libbed, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Yes. And the whole premise yeah. was like every time you watched a commercial, it would be a new one. something new. So we thought, let's do that. Like, yeah. we'll go and we'll ad-lib a whole bunch of crap. Yeah, yeah. And we did it. We thought it turned out great. And they ended up just running the same one. one. Oh, God. <laughs> like, over it was about Dan's mom. <laughs> it was about Dan's mom saying, oh. Where's Jay? Or so you know, like some catchphrase. Yeah. So now whenever I got like, where's Dan's mom? Where's Jay? Oh God. oh God! The thing that we didn't want is ultimately exactly. what it became. Right? That's what it became. Exactly. But yeah. uh, but you do get to you're getting to do what you love, which oh, is it's great. Just... And it's a great town. Like it's a it's a great city. You guys know you've spent some time here. Love it. There's a good there's a great comedy scene. There's a great film and TV scene up here. And um, it's a basketball town now too. I well, mean, I was gonna, I was gonna say when you were bringing up, you know, the Blues and the Capitals, you know, this is a fan base, and it's a great fan base, the Raptors fan base here. But I think a, a good portion of that fan base thought there's no chance we're ever gonna win an actual championship here, right? There, yeah. The odds are against you. Free agency. Sure. I think for a lot of NBA players, it's still like until they get here and see how cool it is. Yeah. They're like. I, I don't know. know. Can I live out there? Yeah. I got to do That's why customs. Drake has to be the like NBA ambassador <laughs> to be been, like, you can hang joke, out. Of, but, yeah. it, but it kind of has been is everything. It a joke? <laughs> no, it's not a joke. I'm sure that the team is like, go talk to him. Go yeah, tell to him Drake. that it's yeah, cool. Absolutely. Tell him that it's cool. But the big thing was, was you know, seeing that Kawhi was available that, that year, right? Yep. And just going for it. And, and saying, and, we, we may lose him after exactly. this year, but like, let's, let's give our shot this year. Let's shoot our shot. Maybe the greatest shot that was shot. Next to Kawhi shot over Joel Embiid. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? The well, it was just, I mean, DeMar DeRozan was, uh, gosh, he's playing great with Chicago. Right he is now. great. He is really but, great. He's a great but player. He was, you know, 
drafted by this team, came up with the team, sure. franchise loved him, and he was devastated when he was dealt, right? He wasn't happy about it. He was it. not. But it's that kind of tough decision that a GM has to make where it's like, do I want to win a title or do I want to keep this guy happy? And it's, he did it. It's it worked the out. Phil ja- hiring Phil Jackson when you just went to the conference finals right. the year before. You're like, what are we even doing? But you're like, we can't get over that. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't want to give Jerry Reinsdorf any goddamn <laughs> credit. But like, that, you got to give him credit in that instance yeah. and say that was visionary to say, look, the city would be happy with us winning and making it back to the playoffs every year and doing That's that, right. but maybe we can do better. And that was li- literally what happened. That's exactly it. And and you you guys brought up the point, you know, you bring in Kawhi thinking, well, maybe he's not going to be here. Well, I think everyone knew he wasn't going to be Right. No, he was a LA guy. Yeah, yeah, guy. yeah, Southern California. And he, but the funny, <laughs> the funny thing was, so they win the title, amazing parade, everyone's having a good time. And then Kawhi, is still in town. So I was like, oh, Ooh, he might stay. stay. But what he was in town doing is first he went to Niagara Falls yeah. with his wife and baby. And his imaginary girlfriend. Exactly. Uh-huh. And then he went to <coughs> Skydome and watched the Blue Jays game. So he did all the touristy, touristy things uh-huh. that a person might <clears throat> do if they were, say, leaving the yeah. city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then everyone came to the realization but, but, that it was over. But talk, look, I mean, talk about lightning in a bottle. Look so at we're what, Clippers fans, and we're, right. we always have been, and we say, okay, we got Kawhi now, and we're going to go win a championship. It's not just it's not Kawhi. Yeah. So you think about that that Raptors team, and you're like, okay, Siakam was coming into his yeah. own a little bit. Van Fleet was off the charts. Yeah. Lowry wasn't, you know, was oh, yeah, a guy Lowry. who kind of was just around, but then he was started to make plays, and you're like, it was that whole team, and yeah. Kawhi was the centerpiece, but like. You and he stayed healthy, which is that's like right, a which is miracle. the case. That's right? the lightning in a bottle is that you got yeah. him fully healthy through that whole fully time. Fully healthy. And you brought up Lowry. Like, Lowry, there's going to be a statue of Kyle Lowry outside the Scotiabank. There Korea. should be. There it's, should be. It's, I feel like whenever people talk about it, he's considered the greatest Raptor of all time. So we had Kawhi. We had Vince Carter. We yeah. had Tracy McGrady. We had all these players. But he, for... He just is seen as the guy who, when he arrived, everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed from sort of like, eh, this is a franchise that's a little bit on the brink. Not on the brink, but kind of a fringe franchise to this sort of like, okay, this is a semi-contender. You're going to get in the playoffs every year. He's a real point guard. He's a real leader. And, yeah, they just love him here. Like, love him. I get it. But now he's no longer now here. Now he's not here. Now he's not no. here anymore. But he gave you great years. He gave you great, and great, yeah. great it's, years. Uh, to me, I, I always love those those types of stories because you're right. It could be a franchise like a, I don't want to call it Charlotte, but I'm trying to think of a franchise that's kind of like. Maybe Indiana. I don't know, like a nice basketball uh, mark. Obviously, the pro- you know the whole state is. I was almost called Indiana, or I was called Indiana State. The province, province. yeah, <laughs> you know the province <laughs> of Indiana. <laughs> yeah, you're right though. But but you were, yeah, they were always like good, not terrible, nope. not bottom feeding, and yet couldn't get so over. The I think, get over the hump. I yeah. think the NBA. I actually love the bubble playoffs so much, yeah. and and truthfully, seeing like regional. Regional rivalries rise up. That Utah-Denver series with all the young talent and and the back-and-forth guys dropping 50 on each other, that, to me, made the NBA so exciting. I almost didn't care about the finals. I'm like, "Ah, who cares? The Lakers won. Big deal. They they, they paid for their, you know. Well, and that's exactly it. You you know, and I think maybe because you guys grew up in St. Louis and, you know, you have more of an appreciation of these types of markets. Small market team. Like a Utah, like a Denver 
like a Portland with you know it's like it annoys me that everyone's constantly trying to run Damian Lillard. I know he doesn't want to leave. He likes it. He, he likes, likes it up there. First of all, it's a great city. It's Second the city where young people go to retire. Why would, <laughs> why would you want to be there? Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, and, and he likes it there, and they love him there. Right. They love him in Portland. Like, yes, he might end up going somewhere, maybe, but I just I feel like he's Portland from the beginning to the end. I hope so. Uh, Bradley Beal with yeah. Washington, you know? Westbrook goes to the Lakers. I was like, well, he, there goes Beal. He's gone. He's going, right? Everyone's like, he's gone. And he's like, no, I want to stay. He likes it there. I like players like that. Me too. It's like, I'm comfortable. It's good. Let's try to make it work here. And they actually have had a great start to the season, Washington. Especially so. yeah. you, want, like, the, you want the young players. This is why what the Braves did was so genius oh. to lock up those, you know. First of all, no one expected the Braves to win this year. And to, to lock up. Even the, when they got into the playoffs, even as like, they were advancing. Which one of these four is not going to make it? Right. Best? And you thought it would be the Braves. But again, that to me was a situation almost like hockey where yeah. they got hot. That's and right. you saw that in 2015 with the Royals. You were like, yep. okay. The, Maybe 2018. Was it the Nationals 19 or 18? Yeah, t- t- I think it was 19, 19 Nationals. Nationals. I mean, they, they had, had great pitching. They had great stuff, pitching. But you're right. I mean, it's. It's not. I think it's just like anyone who isn't the Dodgers and the Yankees. Instantly, we we kind of Red Sox. I would, I would yeah, Red throw Sox in there too. But there yes, sure. yes. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that yeah. So so what the Braves did to lock those young dudes up. It was amazing. So you look at the nucleus that's in Toronto right now. Look at these all the kids of the great players from crazy, from right? yesteryear from like the nineties. It is amazing yeah. and. I just hope that they can keep these kids locked because I think Toronto being in the mix so late and literally coming down to the very end of the season is great for the for the uh, East. Yeah, you know absolutely. the American League East. I was American League. I was lucky. I was lucky enough to. Uh, I interviewed Robbie Ray yesterday. Just won the Cy Young. Yeah. Uh, for the Blue Jays, and that was like a one-year deal, eight million bucks. Yeah. He was like always the guy where it's like he's got all the tools he's got all it's all yeah. there it's just he hasn't figured it out yet and he just figured it out yeah. this year so you have that um you go get jose barrios from the twins you have as you mentioned all these second generation stars Vlad. who yeah you know even vladdy going into this season because he was always the highly most highly touted prospect in baseball but he he hadn't had that massive breakout season right, right? he, he right. did well yeah, uh, and you could see he was obviously going to be an everyday MLB player, but and it was like, is he going to be ball. like amazing, amazing? Well, you always knew he could he hit a lot of home runs. Right. The question is, could he like back it up with the average, and could he right like, clutch do it, yeah, do club? it every but day? He never, but he hadn't gotten that like right. forty-eight home run season, right? right? Like right. he hadn't had that crazy season where you're like, whoa, this guy's unbelievable. Like could be one of the best players in the whole game. And that's what, you know, and then Bo Bichette. So, yeah, all these second-generation guys. That Bo Bichette sounds like someone from Star Wars. Right. He is a bounty hunter. That's right. He's, he's the from the Mandalorian. Man for hire, Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette. Uh, but I think they I think they make noise again in the AL East. Oh, yeah. I, I think you're right. Now, the issue is, so Robbie Ray, so they, the problem with one-year deals, right, is right. If, if the players bet on themselves and win, then you're kind of screwed. So, so Robbie Ray's going to get an, a bunch of insane offers because you know the Angels, all these teams need yeah, pitching. they need they pitching. Syndergaard, yeah, um, and then Marcus Simeon, yeah, again uh, they get him on a one year deal. I know he hits forty five I know you're like, like oh just, god, okay, and he's right. like this this charismatic, super handsome guy. You're like, yeah, how's this guy? How are the Yankees and Dodgers not 
they're all know. over they this. They will. They will now. They're, they're going to do it. They now. will now. And so so yeah. the question is, you got to say to them, do you want to live? Like the pressure in Toronto isn't as great. No. Certainly not from a media perspective. Oh, God, no. you, you get to play in a very cool venue. Yeah. In a yeah. cool part of town. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. can. I'm sure a lot of the players live like downtown and around here, and like ninety percent of them live in condos, probably really close to where we're doing this podcast right here. Nearby, you have a city that appreciates you. That's like gunning. They're like, okay, we got our NBA championship. Now we want to go ahead and go win a World Series. Like, that would be the best thing in the world for these guys. And not only for the and the one thing about the Blue Jays and the Raptors in this country, they're not just Toronto teams; they're national. That's right. right. And in this this country is so fragmented with their sports allegiances and what they care about. Like right. if you go to Saskatchewan, uh-huh. it's all Canadian Football League it's all, the, all time, the time, right? Right. You can't sell Canadian Football League tickets in this market. There's too many other things. There's too many now, other right? things. There's right. Raptors. There's Jays. Right. There's Leafs. Right. So um, just what people care about. But if it's baseball, Canada actually plays baseball. They the can summer. rally around them, and they can rally around the Jays. It's the one team. The Expos are gone, right? So I mean, do the, the Expos? Does Montreal get a team back? I feel like there's kind of a movement. There, there is, yeah. To do it. This Tampa thing is weird. You, uh, By the way, I would root for Tampa time. so much more if they were <laughs> if they were the Expos. I know. And I can know. you imagine getting that team? Of like incredible right. young. So prospects. then, like, not only do you get a team, yeah, you get like a contending team from the get go. It would be incredible. The the issue is they don't have. Well, they have Olympic Stadium, but it's like a, it's rough. Like they'd have to put more money into it. They uh, gotta build they really a need dome a new, of they, sorts. They, they gotta build stadium. this thing. They gotta build yeah. what this is here. And yeah, there. yeah. So, you know, and then it's like who's doing that, right? right? Like who's so there's two like a major communications companies in Canada, Bell and Rogers, right. They're like the AT&T times two, basically. Right. And so Rogers owns the Blue Jays. So everyone always says, well, Bell. And Just Bell is a Quebec-based company. Here we go, right? The like, government of Canada should step in and be like, here's $5 billion. They should. Buy this team. The right. amount of money and the amount of... The amount of revenue, revenue that will be generated. Into, we'll yes. take a portion of that. Yes. We'll take like a high tax bracket portion of that. Right. And in two, three years, we'll get back our investment. Yeah. Easy. Easy. I mean, think of... Then all of a sudden, baseball trips are like, I'm hitting Boston, I'm hitting the Yankees, I'm hitting the Expos, I'm hitting Toronto, I'm going home. That's, That's right. A great That's a great little Toronto and the Toronto Expos like rivalry you could drum up and create. And, and then you know there's stuff. like old like Canadians who hate baseball who are like, what's ne- it's a slippery slope, eh? <laughs> Next you're going to go up to Newfoundland. <laughs> What are we going what? to do? The Hala, what are you going to get? The, the Halifax hitters? I don't want to see that. Um, all right, should we take a break? I don't want to see that. Well, before we take a break, a last thing I want to ask. As okay. We made a joke when we were, whose who's thing were we doing uh, that uh, gala in, in Montreal? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, oh it's the P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban. Oh, yeah. P.K. Subban's oh, awesome. uh, gala. And yeah. we, we did stand up on the show. And our opening joke was, you know, congratulations to Montreal. Montreal, the last city to make it to an NHL finals. That's last right. Canadian city, uh, which gives hope to cities like Toronto that they, too, may someday get a professional hockey team. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> Montreal loved it. They loved, loved it. It was a great joke. They loved it. But so, what, like, how... Can the how is it that the Leafs in a country that is all about hockey in yeah. a city that's all about hockey how can they not do a Boston Red Sox and 
turn their team around. So like, go if, grab the best players yeah, and but win like, a cup. Wouldn't you, if you're a young kid, like there needs to be a movement from like Canada's hockey center, that like the center of Canada hockey operations that said, bring the cup back to Canada. A bring the cup back to Canada movement where the next Connor McDavid, the yeah. next like group of all of them make a pact that like, we're, we're going gonna, to right. Canada. Because, so well, they pull like a Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, LeBron. Yeah. Thing where they see taking our talents. Go on a boat ta- down right. in Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> get the guys together. Everyone's yeah. got farmer tans because right. they're hockey players. <laughs> White as ghosts. Yeah. We're yeah. taking our talents to Winnipeg. <laughs> you know? Um, I would say it's a great question, actually, Jason, you asked about. Like, how is it possible that this market... Uh, this fanatical hockey market has not won a cup since 66. It's not even been relevant in, not, not, in, in the cup discussion. N- well, no. Now it is. I guess they're they're competitive, but they're not even – they've never gotten close to a cup final. Well, I don't know, since since the, since the L.A., playing L.A., I guess, in 93 or whatever. But yeah. I, I think um, it comes down to this for me. It used to be that what you guys talked about, about baseball players coming here, a little less media pressure – it's the opposite with hockey, right? Oh, hockey yeah. and in Montreal, that that's the same thing too. Yeah, and especially for French Canadian players, it's like all so the media pressure. scrutiny of playing for the Yankees and all that that translates in the NHL to so playing for the more Leafs. More pressure. Yeah. So if you grew up in Southern Ontario and you're a Leaf, you're a Leaf fan, but suddenly let's use Stephen Stamkos as a perfect okay. example. Okay. Stephen Stamkos grew up in a suburb just north of where we're doing this podcast right now. When he became a free agent at age 28, the whole city was like, "Here we go." Yeah, Stamkos, we got him. Home. Let's get him. Bring Our him baby home. boy's coming home. Right? He's living in Tampa. Yeah. He's making $10 million a year. So much money. He's warm weather. No one's bothering him. There's probably two reporters after the game asking him questions, and That's he right. knows both of them and golfs with them every day. That's right. Right? right? So it's like, <clears throat> and then I can go home in the summer, and I can see all my buddies in the summer. Right? I can come back to Toronto. It's a so great. it's hard. <clears throat> it was a hard one. So John Tavares from the Islanders, yeah, he actually did come back, and that was sort of seen as a watershed moment. Yeah. But now... He's still a great player, but there's still a lot of people out there that are saying, "Oh, did we pay? Did we pay too much for John Tavares?" Yeah. So now it's like, no, you can never win, right? You can you're never out. win. When it's you're never again. enough. It's, it's never, never enough win. unless you win yeah. the cup, and then it's never enough. You know, people start questioning, exactly. "What are we doing?" Everything, with this unless you win. We unless know that. Win. So we know that <clears throat> in relevance to Jim Harbaugh coming back to Michigan, that's right. the same analogy because yes. you're like, "Here's the guy who's come back to save the program." Well. The program may not be savable because your biggest rival is going through the greatest historic, like, in the history of college football, like, run. Right. run. Yes. So it'll never be enough. Like, you, yeah. he could do all the things that are great and then still not beat this juggernaut. And so then you're like, well, he didn't do the job. And you're like, well, it's not yeah. And then it was out of his hands. <clears throat> but you guys are so right. Like, when he came back to Michigan... It was an unbelievable oh moment, right? Because there was, and there were NFL teams after him. That's right. And, right. He left like, the NFL. He left. He left, he left the, the Super Bowl. The right. NFL. went to the Super Bowl the year before. Right. Right. To come back home, and for you guys, for people who went to that school, this is like your dream guy to return. Right? The perfect, like the heir apparent to a Bo Shemek. Exactly. Like Literally. And back. then he essentially did <laughs> as well as Bo, kind right. of the same as Bo. He just, but. The expectations and the need was so great. Right. Like the need in Toronto for a cup 
Like anything less than that just keeps you where you are right now. So you have a margin of error of zero. Exactly. <laughs> and it's in, almost impossible it's, to make it. It's, and when you think about it, it's like, why do these guys put themselves, these GMs put themselves through it? <clears throat> because, yeah, you just, you can't win unless you win. Nothing other than that will satisfy The Stamkos thing is a great example. It kind of was like, if it's similar in context to, you know, in concept to the idea that Wrigley Field, the Cubs never needed to be good. Right. Because people would buy tickets. Field. Wrigley Field is so fun. Same with Boston for years and years. Yep. Did you really need to go over the hump? Yes, you want the fans to like it. But if you put a mildly good team out there, Fenway Park will always be full. Always full. Wrigley Field, always be full. So 100%. the owners, what is their thing? What is their motivation? They don't want to win. They want to make money. Absolutely. And so if they're going to make money, that's it. So Stamkos, he wants to make money. He does, and he can do it with a lot less pressure down in Tampa. And, and so there and you go. And you look at the team, Randy, and say, actually, have, not only do I have less pressure, I have a better chance of winning that. That's right. The, <laughs> right? Yeah, the 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 number of can, great Canadians they've sort of put together on that team. It's yeah. like I say they should limit the number of Canadians on American <laughs> teams. You get right? five. You get five. But I would say the amazing thing to me is how many great American players are coming up now. And I think, and I was talking cool. to someone about this the other day, like watching someone like uh, Trevor Zegers of the Anaheim Ducks. Okay, yeah. this is a great example. He was the world junior captain last year usa won gold in the world juniors and he's just him patrick kane austin matthews they play differently than the canadians they have so much skill the way they handle the puck and so much skill the way they shoot the puck yeah and that's what they teach in the united states Mm. they teach the skills yeah you learn the skills first then we'll go play so learn to stick handle like crazy, Such like a crazy mofo. yeah yeah learn to shoot like a crazy mofo. Yeah. hit every yeah. target okay now we're gonna go play games and it translates. You yeah, see, well, because you Canada, see. they're up on ice they're lakes. On they're, they're on ice lakes. lakes. Yeah, yeah, get on a lake. What you, on a lake that's lake. what you're doing all Saturday and that's Sunday. Right. Mom and dad need their time off from watching you. 100%. So you get nine hours of playing with your friends. That's right. So which, they're all great skaters. <laughs> right. And uh, and maybe not all of them are, are great shooters. And like um, like the Stamkoses of the world, the McDavid's, obviously Canada's still producing incredible hockey players. Yeah. But I just it isn't interesting to me how great the states has been at developing players over the last 15 years especially uh, awesome. it's been really impressive actually fascinating amazing yeah. all right let's take a quick break jay on rights here with us when we come back we're gonna do some quick hits uh this is beef from the cheap seats don't go anywhere catch the dying sun Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I want to remind people we are doing on our uh, Patreon new episodes of our old show, Cheap Seats, Cheaper Seats. And yes, we did do the world, the Balloon World Cup. Balloon World Championship. <laughs> balloon World Cup, which is keeping a balloon yes. from falling off the guy. You've, I'm sure you've covered these we highlights on it. the show. We had it on the show. So I don't know where it was in Peru or wherever no, it, it was. was in Spain. It was in Spain. It was insane the announcers were in spanish we didn't care we just had there were like 11 announcers on stage so i was like what is this a podcast so jesus christ do you notice that Comic-Con like panel? Jen, this is a bit of a generalization but european sports broadcasts it's like there's like 20 on-air talent yep. yes right I'm like who's who's, who's paying this? for these guys who's this person who's down this on person? field level wait there's another one down <laughs> on your field uncle's level. on the broadcast <laughs> now because there's always like one like a guy in a dress. leather coat and, you're, <laughs> like, and a t-shirt like, i guess this is the howard <laughs> Cosell of balloon. <laughs> up did, did he was, did he drive you here in an Uber and now he's just hanging out waiting for you to leave? So but give him a microphone. 
forward. Here you go. <laughs> so new episodes of Cheap Seats, Cheaper Seats. We have a big announcement of something that's that's in the works, and we'll talk about that. Cheap as Seats Relevant. Cheap Seats Relevant. We'll talk about that coming down the pike, but just want to tease you a little bit about that. Hey, and if you're in Chicago over uh, New Year's Eve, we're going to be in Aurora at the Comedy Shrine. We usually don't do New Year's Eve, but they said, do you want to come and do this? And we said, yes, we'll do it. So we have your plan, Chicago. Come see us at the Comedy Shrine. Go to superscholars.com. You can see all of um, our dates. Our dates to see us. Our and follow Jay Onright yeah. on, on uh, Twitter, on social media. On the social meets. It's just at Jay Onright. Okay. So let's I got it. it. I got on it early. Yeah, that was Good smart. Man. That was smart. Let's talk about a few things that <laughs> are happening. Let's do some quick hits. All right. Scotty Pippen is complaining again. Apparently, I don't know if you read this I or did. saw this, second half of game six of the 98 finals, he played with a herniated disc in his back, and he's saying... Not enough people are talking about that. Right. It's like, <laughs> all right, buddy. Like he really got butthurt over the last dance thing and the stuff, Jordan. I, I don't. I still don't. Get Everybody it. did. Like right. Horace Grant's like, I'm gonna kill this dude when yeah. I see him. Yeah. Every, people don't like. Like Jordan had no. He's he got no, no friends. friends. No, no, he really did. Well, except for Charles Oakley. But Charles Oakley was just kind of a lot. Yeah. So that you look at who was Jordan hanging out with in the in the Bulls locker room, flipping a cap against the wall. His yeah, security, security detail, dudes. and yeah. you're like, those are your friends? Yeah, and they were they were older guys, but they kind of talked about it, and it made sense to me. Like he was close to his dad, and I don't. You guys said it best. He had that kind of personality where he really didn't really have any close friends. No, and so these older guys, it kind of made sense that he hung around with them in a way because he almost respected them. You know, even though they were security guys at yeah. the arena, yeah. he had respect for them because they were older. I think that's right? definitely something, and I also think they didn't threaten what he was doing. That's right. right. And he still tried to beat them at games. No, that's right. Exactly. They, they still would gamble with him, do all the things he wanted to but do. But they worked for him. It's they like were being friends so with there's your... always a little... So it's like, you'll do what I want me. I'm friends with my maid. Right. I'm like, what? Right. Shut up. Jeez. Billy Bush. Right. You just have to... <laughs> <laughs> You've got no, <laughs> but the thing that would allow you to be friends with someone is the thing that would have taken away his quote unquote superpower. You have to appreciate other people's strengths. You have to, if you want to have friendships, I'm not telling people how to have friendships. You have yeah. to show, I tell my kids this all the time. I'm like, do you want to make friends for life? You show up for people. Yeah. That means you show up for them when they're feeling crappy and they need you. And then you show up for them when they're having a great event or whatever. And you be their support team. Yeah. And he you just be in there. He just you be can't. an extra in their movie. And he can't do that. He can't do it. And it was just a chip on the shoulder the whole time. And then Scotty, I, my heart was like breaking for Scotty through that whole thing. Yeah. Because more about the contract. Like, yeah. That was you know, the thing. And Reinsdorf just would not budge. I'm like, this guy... Also, On one hand, I respected him, because I'm like, hey, it, sign a contract. Yeah. That's the end of it. But, but the flip side of it is, he's not... He's not broke. Well, he's fine. He's, he's fine. Out. Like, like let's... let's It's all... Let's have it's some all, context okay. in yeah, the general sure. population. No, he's not swimming in millions and millions and millions of dollars, but... He has enough money to set him up and his kids up for the rest of their lives and their kids up for the rest. He has generational wealth created by what he did. Now, he's one of the top 50 players of all time. So, yeah, he should have that. But at the same time, it's like, this is my question, though. This is my question about Pippen. And this yeah. is, I guess, the great unanswered question. If Scottie Pippen played for the the, Knicks. Mil the Milwaukee Bucks of right. those years, yeah, would we be talking about him as one of the top 50 players of all time? We'd be right. saying he was great. We'd right. be saying he was an all-star. But are would he be Chris Middleton? 
who you're right. like, he's great. He's amazing. Yeah. He just, I don't uh, think he's the top back. 50 players Definitely of all not time. Top 50 player of all time. It's a great question. And you get, you know, people always just say that about Jeter, right? Yeah. I always said it about yeah. Jeter. And in the end, he gets the 3,000 hits. It just adds up. But yeah. at the time, there were all these great shortstops, and everyone was just talking about yeah. Jeter, and he was 58. Of course, right? yeah. And he was dating models, and uh-huh. he was giving them baskets. Gift baskets, when they sure. Gift baskets. So, uh-huh. you know my Jeter story, right? Did I say this on this podcast? No. <laughs> Let's tell it. So, I was at a, a, a bar. My, I'm coming from my son's soccer game. He was four. We went to a bar to watch Michigan, Michigan State back when. Brady Hoke was the coach, and right. Michigan was just getting clobbered. There was no one in this bar. No chance. And in the middle of the day, I'm with my son, a four-year-old at a sports bar. Good moment. Uh, and <laughs> I look over at the table next to me, and it's a bunch of good-looking dudes. And I see this one dude at the table with them, and I'm like, that's Derek Jeter. That's Derek Jeter right there. in a chain on his neck. And, and then I see the staff. People come out want to take pictures with him. And I'm like, I got to do something funny. And my son doesn't know who it is, but I bring my son over and I'm like, listen, I I don't want to bother you. I just, you know, I wanted to introduce my son to the greatest shortstop of all time. (laughs) Ozzie Smith is not here, so I will introduce him to you. And he left. He he loved it. He left. But I think he recognized me from like ESPN and from Chiefs. So when I hosted, do you remember the signing of the stars that Harbaugh had? I hosted that. Okay. So that was like. We were supposed to host it together, but I was filming a pilot for True TV or something. So Tom Brady's there. And and I interview him on stage in front of all Tom Brady, Derek Cheater's there. Jim Leland is there. Derek Holland Dutch is there, which is so weird. I'm like, what are you doing here? Migos. (laughs) Derek Holland played for Michigan. Rick Flair. Rick Whoa, Flair is there. The nature boy. The nature boy. It's insane. Woo! And uh, Jeter was there, and I was looking at Jeter, but for, like I was sitting so close, the way I'm standing like with you right now, and I looked into his eyes, and I'm just going to say this, I got lost. <laughs> I got lost in those eyes. Good-looking guy. Handsome great, guy. Beautiful eyes. Yeah, just, uh, biracial great. angel. But you also see him, and you're like, yeah, on the field, he looks like thin, but like you meet him in person, you're like, oh, you're like just a little big athlete. You're yeah. like a big, yeah, like, you're like fit oh, dude. Never worked out at all, but then you see him and you're like, he did. fit dude. Yeah, all he right. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. Apparently, Shaq turned down the role that Michael Clark Duncan played in the Green Mile. No, I didn't that. Hear that. Really? Damn. Had he only said yes, he could have been a you know Oscar award winning. Wow. You know, in addition, all the Grammys he won for his rapping. I mean, the truth is. He should have won an Oscar for the general commercials. I'm saying, like, that guy doesn't turn down anything. He's yeah. in every single commercial. Right, ever. right? Like He's he... in photocopier commercials. Photocopier <laughs> commercials. He's the new Papa John's pizza Papa guy. Papa John's guy. He's on, you know, the Norwegian cruise lines. He's like, the... he did a Buick commercial Buick, for a while. General Insurance. I mean, this guy's. Kudos to him for just getting. He that always money. should, of course. What would be the logic of turning that down? Do you think he was afraid that this was an actual serious movie? Right. With Tom Hanks, he was like, I mean, I'm a bit Shazam. I would like a goof around. Kazam. Kazam. Shazam. Shazam was a comic character. Yeah, was the guy from from Chuck. From Chuck. Yeah. Right. Right. What's his name, man? I love that. Levy. Levy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but that would have been amazing. Shaq would have that would have been amazing. Shaq it, in the Green Mile. It would have been rough. I think. I think it would have. <laughs> I think they would have been a bit of a Eric Stoltz situation. Yeah. A couple of months into filming Back to the Future, Robert Zemeckis looks at him and says, "No, no this is supposed to be a comedy. We need to get 
Michael J. Fox to work uh, 24 hours a day, family ties during the day, shoot this movie at night, and it, and it nearly killed him. All right. Finally, Kelly Stafford, Rams quarterback, uh, Matt Stafford's wife at the 49ers Rams game this past week. You knew this. Threw said pre- she threw a pretzel at a Niners fan who was talking smack. <laughs> and then she apologized, which, by the way, does not happen in our. No, she said, ass. I made a mistake. In society. I was like shocked by it. She's like, I made a mistake. There's no excuse for what I did. And I'm like, as soon as she said that, I'm like, there is an excuse. That guy should shut the fuck up. I, I was going to say, she probably was very justified in her actions. And, and she just threw a pretzel. A pretzel. pretzel. Relax. She didn't clock your mom. Yeah, she, it's she, a pretzel. Now, was, I didn't see, like, was the fan upset or is he threatening a lawsuit? Yeah, everyone was like, other people were like, if you, you had done that sue. to me. Right. And other people were like, if you had Deep done that pocket, to me, you wouldn't yeah. have walked out of here. You wouldn't have walked out of the stadium. Like, well, that's a threat. Yeah. yeah. Right. All she yeah, did was no throw up. All she's Aunt Annie in your face. You know, she. Yeah. She could be the new Aunt Annie. Aunt Annie's <laughs> pretzel, right? Yeah. But, like, she threw a pretzel in your face. That's it. It's not like she dumped hot nacho cheese yeah. in your in ear. In that case, maybe you were looking at litigation if it's hot nacho cheese. But, but yeah, pretzel. pretzel. It's just... Mm-hmm. By the way, you go to a game. I don't even know who goes to games anymore because, like, <laughs> every time... I see all these videos of fights breaking fights. out. Fights in the stands at NFL fights. games. You fights. You have kids, like... What I think about is my kids. I'm like, do I want to bring my kids to that? The, even on the off chance that, that, that a, something breaks up kind of close to us, and they're like, big. "What am I doing? Are they booking out of here? Yeah, you're, you're booking out of here. here. So we paid all this money for this thing, and I, now we have now to, this drunk asshole who's been drinking for four hours before the game, right. and now he drank three more beers in the first and second quarters of this game, and yeah. now we got to deal with him. Got to deal with him. It's your dad's just not fun. I have a question for you guys. Sure. The, the guy who got the Tom Brady all-time touchdown oh yeah right yeah. in Tampa right yes. you saw him, you yeah, saw him. yeah like Evans because Evans gave Evans it up gave in the, it the ball it was so dumb and he takes it and he's got it now at that point what are you guys doing say that's you that's you Evans give hands you the ball I give it right back I give it right really? back really yes okay like, I mean, unless you're unless you're really strapped for money, that's but, the only thing. But I if you're at an NFL game at seats that <laughs> that's low, that's true. There's that's no a good unless point. it was a gift for you or you snuck in, right? You got some money. Yeah, you you aren't living on the poverty line. Right. This By thing the way, means I think something what to Tom Brady offered him like a Bitcoin was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, that's yeah. like okay, now you have something that right. is an investment that's right. thing and like maybe you can bump that up on your own yeah it's like sixty thousand. so it's a tiny thing like brady didn't give him so much by the way that ball is probably worth five hundred thousand. that's what darren Ravel instantly said and that's why it was such a big story because yeah, it's but it's like, like, instantly you're holding something in your hand that's worth half a million dollars but it but it but it's not yours but it's not yours i get it it's, i get it but I, it's like interesting debate it's different than it's different than if I think it's different than a home run. It's different than because right. a home run goes out of the stadium. That's true. And then that wasn't a mistake that it went out of the That's stadium. Right. That you're you're ca- like That's it, a really good it point, only right? means something because it went over the wall. Right. That's the only re- like right. this ball in this case did its job on the field, and then a guy and made a Mike mistake. Evans was such an idiot. Like does it? So so Mike Evans should pay for the no, Bitcoin, right? Absolutely, he should pay for half of it. Oh, big time! You should pay for all of it. And then to their credit, the Bucks. To their like they gave him season tickets for two years. Smart. That's smart. That's pretty good. But, but like, and, and for what? Because the guy got it. Th- it's like too much you for know, this guy. You know why? Because social media was That's right. Social media. It's because now no one's talking about it exactly. except for us. But I mean, right. it's like no one's really talking about because no. they made a they made a two day story a one day story. Right. That's right. Close it. Out, then Close yeah. it out. You just it, by doing that, it's just a little gesture and that just. 
shut the door on it. I everything. love it. All right, uh, <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, but uh, I'm gonna say this for our Patreon fans: we've got a Canadian Football League take that with Jay on right that you guys are gonna love. That's a little something for you, a little something something extra for you. Uh, and on the other side of this break, uh, Alan Rickman, right? Jay, Alan Rickman is Alan he part Rickman. of this thing? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, he, yes, what, yes. What was he talking about? I think he sent us a voicemail, right, Jay? Yep. Voice From the great beyond, Alan Rickman sent us a. I think he wants to do broadcasting. I'm I think sure. he does. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do that quick voicemail on the other side of this break. Uh, this is uh, View from the Cheap Seats with Jay Onright. So excited to have him here. Thanks for doing the show, buddy. It's always a pleasure. Guys. We'll be right back. Uh, amazing, John. Right, love, love, love. Have him on this show. Would have him on every week. Follow him on social media. Hang with him. And if you're in Canada, watch him on TV. It's hey, Jay, good. we got a voicemail. Oh, we do from Alan Rickman. I didn't even know he's. Is first he of all, dead? I think he's dead. I think he died and in I, 2016. <laughs> he came from a BlackBerry. Uh, okay. A BlackBerry, <laughs> but <laughs> he left us. He left us a voicemail. And uh, check it out. Hello, Jason. And Randy, my name is Alan Rickman, and I'm reaching out to you from the grave because I would like to offer my services. As an actor and as a vocal talent. Now, I'm aware that the Winter Extreme Games, or as they're called, the Winter X Games, are about to commence and I feel that from the grave I Alan Rickman could offer a calming and much slower voice to the proceedings would that be something that you boys could facilitate you have no way to call me or contact me beyond the grave but of course I see all and know all so I will know when you have an answer Alan Rickman bidding you I'm turning right. Adieu. All right. All right there you go, guys. 
uh, Alan Rickman, amazing. I just wish he would uh, slow down a little bit because his speech is just way too fast to comprehend at times. Uh, guys, thank you so much for uh, indulging us. We're, tried, we're, we're making this happen very much on the fly up in another city. So I hope it came out good. I hope it, it came out it well. It was fun for us. Uh, yeah. And thank you to at Kenny Stevenson. Follow him. Yeah, uh, at Kenny G. Stevenson. Kenny G. Stevenson. He's the best. Uh, follow him. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend leading into Thanksgiving, and uh, I don't even know how we're going to pull that one off. We'll figure something we'll out. We'll figure it out for you guys. We love you so much, and then go punch a waterfall. We're out. A podcast network.